Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene Steinkamp. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Choose to live a spirit-filled life. That is my title tonight. We are victorious. And I want you to live victory in the dark days that you have. The dark days you have, turn on that music. And don't think God couldn't bring your wife or your husband home this very day. He can. But we have to trust him to know what is the right day, the right hour, and the exact moment that he or you, uh, your wife or your husband is to come home or you're to go there for some meal that you're going to meet him at, and God is going to all of a sudden put the marriage right back together again. We have to believe and trust in the Lord. So that's a big thing. So while we're waiting, what do we do? We're going to live a spirit-filled life. I believe that when I, when I see people and I talk to people, that sometimes I can see that they've lost the joy and they, have not, they don't have that hope anymore. They're not believing. And who does that remind you of? Now, it's, let me put it, it, was, it is in the story, in the Bible, and it's after Jesus Christ arose, and there was one, oh, okay, I heard somebody, Doubting Thomas. Yay! Okay, there's many of us that have been Doubting Thomases in our life. Now, there, it, could be, it could have been when you never were not married, and you might have been a Doubting Thomas, and you weren't going to get married. But there, I love that part of the story of the resurrection. When he was, saw Mary uh, Magdalene first, you know, I wonder, we can, we can play act. And we could have said, why didn't he see his mother first at the, at the tomb? Why was it Mary Magdalene? And you know, we could go all through all these things. But that's what we're doing right now. We're play acting how my husband or wife is going to come home. It's not going to be that way. If all the ways you plan it, I can tell you from personal experience, it didn't happen any way I thought. The time I thought, no. God threw a curveball, and it was a home run, but it was not one day. And it was in the middle of work, I would have never had Bob come. He knows what I had to do at work. He, I mean, you just would not plan it that way. Downing Thomas did not think he was going to be gone that one night. And all of a sudden, he got mad because he said, I'm not going to believe it till I see it. And, you know, I'm not going to go into Downing Thomas because you all have read it. You've all heard it. And how many of us have, have admitted that we have been a Downey Thomas sometime in our life. But the Lord said, blessed are the ones who believe and do not doubt. So I want to get rid of that D tonight. I want to get rid of that doubt, discouragement, depression. We've got to get rid of those Ds. 
Some of you are only standing a very short time, and some are standing longer. And we want, as a Christian, to radiate Jesus Christ. And God has an assignment for us while we're waiting for our spouses to come home. Some of us are, were raising children. Some of us were working two jobs. Some of us um, are having to move and sell their house. There's all these different circumstances. The point is, the most important thing is, that we do it with the joy of the Lord. And we have a peace that's beyond understanding. And all these other things. And this is what I, you know, I, we've been reading the uh, surveys, and I appreciate the surveys. Because, and I'm so proud of you, because one of the things you wanted is spiritual growth. Wow, that's just what I want for you. I want you to grow spiritually. There is nothing greater than to grow spiritually and seek the Lord because he's going to take you to a new level and you're going to grow and you're going to be ready to deal with different things that you have to go through. It's, Satan is out to steal, kill, and destroy in John 10.10. 10. But God says, and I has come, Jesus has come, that he may have life and we have it in NIV to the full, or our King James Version, New King James, says abundantly. I like abundantly, you know, because it just seems like it's overflowing. And that is what I want us to understand. A lot of us, including me, say the enemy's out to kill, steal, and destroy. Well, finish the rest of the verse. You know, and let us give the devil a black eye right then with that verse. You know, we go quoting that John 10, 10, half of the verse, but we forgot the rest of it, where the devil got a black eye and he was defeated. The devil was defeated. Jesus died on the cross, but he died on the cross for you not to be defeated. He died on the cross for us to be victorious. So can you write down victory? Because we need to live in a victorious, Christ-like life with victory in our life. And ask the Lord, well, how am I to have a victorious life? Ask him. Write it down in your journaling. And ask and see what he says to you, what scriptures he gives you. Because I'm going to give you two tonight. You can do more homework later. But we're more than conquerors. In Romans 8:31, it says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? That's a good one to memorize. And then Romans 8:37 says, No, in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. God loves you. Jesus is right there with you. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit is going to go right in there and live with you. And he's living with you, and that's how he's speaking to you, and he's going to tap you and say, zip your lips, or he's going to say, whoops, you said something you shouldn't have said. So now you get to go and pick up that phone or write a note or something and say you're sorry you said what you did to somebody. Now, I know that never happened to you either, but it did to me, so I just thought I'd share it. Satan is out to give us lies. He lies to us. 
He's a liar. He's the father of all lies. And he's out to give us half-truth. Who does that remind you of? Eve. And we want not to be Eve and fall into that trap where that he is going to deceive us. And we do not want to be deceived. And I was deceived. I divorced my husband because I was deceived because I listened um, to other people's opinions. So what we need to know is we need to know the truth. And the truth will set us free. Truth is going to set your spouse free also. So my question is, now another question is, are you walking around with an attitude of anger, bitterness, hatred, brawling, slander, malice? But are, or instead, are you being kind and compassionate to one another and forgiving? Lori already mentioned that tonight, what Jesus said on the cross, forgiving each other as Christ has forgiven you. We've got to remember that you know what? God, Jesus really turned the other cheek, went the extra mile. He could have said all the things that they wanted him to say. But he knew what his assignment was. We know what our assignment is. Do you know your assignment? We need to live and choose that we will live a Christ-like life and we will radiate Jesus. You know why your children need to see Jesus in your home? The children need to hear Jesus when you're talking to your husband or wife or get out of the room and get out of their earshot because monkey see, monkey do, you know? And we don't want them to do that. We've got to pray for restoration, and we need the children are the victims, as we have all said. And my question is, do we have a hardness of heart? Have we become hard-hearted due to this circumstances or that circumstance or to this area, or to that area, of that person, you know? What has triggered you to say, I have a right? No, we don't. We really are supposed to live a Christ-like life and not act like somebody that we are not recognized as a Christian, you know? So what I'm asking you is, will you do a self-examination this whole week of asking the Lord, Show me where I need to be changed. 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And that's what we want. We want God's grace of the Lord living in us, God's grace and mercy. And we want the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Let's turn to Philippians 1. I love the Bible. I hope you hunger and you grow, you grow in the Lord. I always say hunger and thirst for the Word of God. But the Lord told me today, no, I want you to love the Word of God. That you enjoy reading it so that when your spouse comes home, you will continue that habit. It's not a temporary situation. Does that make sense? I, I pray you will find the time to do it. Okay, you ready? Now, Philippians 1, 3 to 6. I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy. Got the word? There's the word. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you 
will carry it on to completion unto the day of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now we're going to keep on reading, okay? It is right for me to feel this way above all of you, since I have you in my heart. For whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ. And now, some of you have printed out under, under resources the personalized prayers. Now, here is one of them. It's, Paul has written many prayers, epistle prayers, and it's, this is a prayer you can put your husband or wife's name in it or a child's name in it, brother, sister. How many of us yesterday were praying for lost loved ones? Many of us. It didn't have to be a spouse. We're praying for lost loved ones that have never known the Lord. And so let us continue on this week. Let's not stop praying for that. We want a, a really a mighty harvest soon. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more. Now this is Paul speaking to the, all the saints in, at Philippi. And he's saying that his prayer for that church was that their love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Well, we need insight about our families, don't we? So that we may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And that... Oh, that scripture you could teach on for just that. Because I want you to have wisdom and knowledge and the depth of insight of what God wants to show you, teach you, and change you to be a man, a woman of God, what your assignment is now while you're waiting for your husband, your wife, your child to come home. We want to know, and, and then we need to do an examination because it said we may be pure and blameless. And you're going to hear that tonight in many of these scriptures I'm going to share with you tonight. Pure and blameless. That's our, that is an A. It may be an A+, plus, but it's an A for a Christian spirit-filled life. And I want you to examine your hearts are, we, are you were pure and blameless? You know where pure is? Pure heart. Does that ring a bell? Psalm 51. Psalm 51, where David had committed adultery, had committed murder. He cried out and asked for God to give mercy, have mercy on him, and give him a pure heart. I pray for that frequently. I do. I pray for it frequently because I want, I feel un inadequate to do what I'm doing and cr give me the wisdom, give me knowledge, give me a pure heart because I, I don't want to stand up here with doing, hiding something. So we want to pray for a pure heart for all of us, pure and blameless until the day of Christ, that, until the rapture comes and filled with the fruit of righteousness and the fruit of righteousness, we're going to deal with just a moment, that comes through Jesus Christ. But we, when the Holy Spirit, when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit's within us. We're to live a Christ-like life in right living. 
That means we don't live one way at church and one way at home. Did I step on your feet yet? I'm trying, but that, that's what that means. We don't need to have two different personalities and two different things. And, and men are going to strive to be the, the spiritual leaders of the home and, and, what, and not be, be soft and gentle. And if he does lose his temper with anything, that they will go and apologize afterwards. And women, we have to do the same thing. Even if we are talking to our spouse who has gone and, and, we, and are, we're divorced even, you, if, if I had, uh, I really maybe didn't answer right with Bob and, and I may have said something to him, the Holy Spirit, I hang up that phone. Yeah, I didn't have a cell phone. Um, I hung up the phone and the Lord said, you really didn't handle that right. You know, send him a card or or uh, call him back tomorrow when things are settled down. And uh, you have to maybe, maybe go another day or two, you know, who knows? God will tell you. But then apologize for your tone and your wrong words you said. We have to do it. We need to repent and we need to say, get away, devil, leave me alone. Let me have me pray while I'm talking to my husband and wife. And may I not say words that I need to ask God about. Sometimes we're so busy trying to... I, I was a defender. I was always defending myself in case Bob was trying to tell me I did something wrong. And I was a defender. Do you, is anybody else a defender? Oh, good. I, okay. I, I definitely was... I'm, I was a defender. I think I probably still am now because I want to add a but to something if my kids say something that I... about something at work, I want to go, but maybe I can do that, you know. But I, I have a but I need to leave a lot out. Do you have any, any of you have any buts? But, you know, we want to, but this is my defense. Get rid of the buts and pray about it and then ask the God to change their hearts and minds. We need to be sanctified. We need to be responsible for how we live and walk and talk. Well, our spouse is gone. So turn to 1 Peter 1, because that's a book that talks about sanctification. And I'm going to give you the meaning to sanctification for the ones that haven't read a dictionary. 1 Peter 1, while you're turning to it, chapter 1, verses 3 to 9. Uh, sanctification means to be holy, to consecrate, to separate from the world. Separate from the world. We're to be different. Jesus was different. The disciples were different. They noticed they were different, and we're to be different at work. Are we not supposed to be different? We're not supposed to tell dirty jokes. We're not supposed to, you know, I, I was, um, mother. they called me Mother Teresa when I worked for 25 years uh, for the cardiologist when I was the administrator. And... Uh, and the doctors would literally, if they would be all grouped together or talking, they would go by and they would joke, hi, Mother Teresa, or something. Because they were, they, were, I was, they said I was able to get peace and, and know with 50 employees I could, could get peace and everybody would be laughing or something because they were having a problem with somebody and I would have to correct them. So, but they didn't have, I, I said just fix the problem 
Don't be mad, and everything works out. And it, it worked out. So the b- bottom line is, 1 Peter 1, 3-9, may I challenge you to be set apart from sin so that we may have intimate fellowship with God and serve him gladly. So in 1 Peter 1, 3-9, may I read it. Praise be to God of, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And his great mercy has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's so key. You know, and, and read it again later tonight. Read all of Peter this week. It's a short uh, book of the Bible. And then go to Second Peter. You would be blessed. But it says, and then this mentions uh, giving us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance Inheritance, we all know what that is. If my mother died or your father died, we all have an inheritance. And there, we can have an inheritance as a child of God that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power. Comprehend that, that we through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you greatly rejoice. There's that word again. In this, you greatly rejoice. Joy. So now, for a little while, you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. You have never heard me say, this is easy. Standing, I do not say, or waiting, on your spouse is easy. But I will say God will give you grace and mercy, hope and strength that you have never known you had. He will give you blessings upon blessings. Keep a, a, a journal of just answers to, to prayer. Lori gave me um, a book. I don't have the book of it. I just thought of it now. But it was a, a book where you had uh, put um, just lines of paper, a story about it, about being kind, of all the kindness and, and blessings that you have. I think there was a thousand, is it, Lori, that you wrote down in that book? So was it a hundred or a thousand? Yes, one thousand. One thousand we were expecting. Now, I, I'm going to tell you, if you had that book, you would be able to fill it up. In your lifetime, you will be able to fill it up because God's nuggets of gold are blessings and he's doing things, but you got to keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open. Did that car just miss hitting you today? Or did you just miss hitting a car? You know, think about it. Think of all the little blessings that God gives you. We need to open our eyes. Open our eyes to see what God is doing and not all of what the bad is doing in your life. You're looking at all the bad. I want you to change your demeanor. Like Lori's said position, I want you to start opening your eyes to see the good. And then it says, you may have to suffer grief and kinds of trials, but there's going to be a rainbow at the end of every trial, is there not? When you have the rain come, how many of us have seen rainbows? How many of y'all have seen rainbows? 
Have you had it at a special time? Yes. Yes, we have. And that is a nugget from gold that you write it in that book. So they have, we've, it says they've come so far that your faith of greater worth than gold. Your faith is of greater worth than gold. It's, can you imagine that? Well, let's say we put down, increase my faith, Lord. Because my faith is really weak right now. And I'm, we want our faith to increase and grow and, and get in that garden that is a beautiful, strong flower and bush or whatever you're planting that is worth is greater than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And it says not soul. So it's souls. Our goal. You know what our assignment is while we're waiting? Our assignment is to pray for the lost, all the ones that you know around. You know, you've got your spouse and your family. Get your range bigger. Think about the different countries that you may know. Or God opens up a burden for you for, for um, all the different people. That, and I and Lori and Scott and many others, we have orphanage that we pray for and help. And you know what? The, the thing is, is they all come in. One, I have a picture, says that they, these two children were living in the woods before they were given to the orphanage. So we need to pray for all these different people and they get saved. And it's not just adults, it's kids. We want the kids and the teenagers and the young adults to come to know and have an on-fire relationship with them. So what we were trying to say is that we, and, and if you read all of 1 Peter, it talks about in verse 13, be holy, therefore prepare your mind. And one wrote, the battle of the mind. And how many of you have a battle for your mind of all the negative things that are happening? Is that a, is that a problem? Okay. So we know. So let's read verse 13. We have to, what's it say in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 and 5, take captive of every thought and make it obedient to Jesus Christ. Take it captive. Say, whoa, Satan, get away from me. It was like him just come knocking in your mind, and you tell him, flee from me right now in the name of Jesus. Turn on a, a music or quote greater, 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Or go back and say, I'm a conqueror in Jesus Christ. You know, and, and God is with me. Take and memorize these scriptures and let us know that we can be holy and prepare our mind for action. And we have to be holy. We have to be prepared for our mind to be 
for action. Be self-controlled. And that's an important word for you, okay? You're going to learn it in a minute. Self-control. We have to take ourselves and be self-controlled. And that's what Jesus is telling us. Be holy. Therefore, prepare your mind for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, now are we obedient? There's another word you can write down, obedience. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Now read that again. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Meaning, you know what? We were being disobedient. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. So this, you know, in verse 25 it says, for the word of the Lord stands forever. The grass withers, the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands firm forever. What promises? What promises, standards? Obey his commands. How often does the Lord tell us to do something and we don't do it always? I know you may not have that, like you should do this or you should do that or you should write a letter or do something at church and you, you just... You talk yourself out of it. Or sometimes um, um, we don't zip our lips when we need to. Sometimes we need to do an act of service for someone. Like take a loaf of bread or go next door to somebody that's sick and take something over there. Take a dinner over to them. Or you are at church and there's a list for serving, taking something over, watching children if somebody's in the hospital, an act of service, obey his commands. If the Holy Spirit gives you an urging, a nudge to do something, that would be a very good thing to do. So obey his commands, 1 John 3, 22. Overcomes the world, and we know who is the overcomer, 1 John 5, 4. In Galatians 5, I could teach... I love Galatians. I love the Ephesians and all those short books of the Bible. But I love Galatians 5 because it says at the very top is for freedom that Christ has set you free, us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again, again. That's a word, again, by yoke of slavery. Meaning you could go back into a habit or anything into a lifestyle that is not healthy. So we have to beware and, and watch out that, um, and pray for our spouses to be totally delivered and set free from any doors they've opened up to close them completely. Pray for their salvation, or if they've already been saved, that they will, um, the backslidden that have gone on a wrong detour road, will uh, be um, recommit their heart and life to the Lord and that they will totally shut all these doors that they've opened up when they were on, out in the world. On Galatians 5, you can turn to it it's, and turn to verse 16 and let us read there. 
on stat. In fact, I'm going to go back up to verse 13, which I do. I'm, I should have put down. Sorry. You are my brothers. We're called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the sinful nature. Now, Romans 6, 7, and 8, if you've all read your Bible, is about crucifying the sinful nature as a Christian. We're saying no to the flesh, and we're learning to be more Christ-like. But it says, rather serve one another in love. And this is what I want to say to you tonight. We're going to talk about, just for a few moments, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And the fruit of the Holy Spirit is going to be read to you in just one moment. But we're asking you to do a self-examination now at the closing, is where are you? We, we want to crucify the sinful nature in you and me. I pray against that. But we also want our spouses to crucify the sinful nature and, and say no to the temptations of the world. And um, so it says... Um, Crucify and do not indulge the sinful nature. The entire law is summoned by up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, is that who are you biting or devouring? Watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So it says, verse um, 16, So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Live by the Spirit, okay? And I said, choose to live a Spirit-filled life. That was the title. So what we're trying to do is say, crucify the flesh tonight. We want the flesh not to walk. We want the, the, our spouses see and hear and hear from the kids. Boy, mom and dad, mom is really different. Dad's really different. Or the mother or the mother-in-law will say, wow, you, you should, or father-in-law, you should see your, your husband. He's totally different. You know, you should consider going back home. You know, you're, that's what you're praying for. So it says, so I live by the Spirit and will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And the Spirit was contrary to the sinful nature. They're in conflict. They are in conflict. And we know that. So do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under law. Verse 19 is going to probably describe your spouse. No, hopefully not you. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord. Now, some of them might step on our toes. Jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy. How many of us envy where our spouse, well, I will say where my spouse lived, or envy what they're doing, where they take the vacations or the trips. Am I, is that not true? We might envy where the, how much money they're spending or what they're doing or where they're living or where they take, and I'll, I'll tell you another one that was, uh, really hurt me, was is that my husband was a Disney father. He took my kids everywhere on weekends. 
with the other women's children, and they had six of them, and they went and they did all the fun stuff. And what did I have to say to my kids the following weekend? We don't have the money, so we can't go do those type of things. Is that not, does anybody get, does anybody have that in your life there? You know, so we've got to understand, we've got to not look at what they're doing and saying, Lord, speak to them and bring them home, you know, and pray for them. Because it does. These are situations that we have to get, lay it at the altar, lay it at the altar really fast and say, I'm not even going to look or think about it. Take captive every thought obedient to Christ. Drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not, will not live, will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's what the Lord says, not me. But the fruit of the Spirit and that is where Jesus Christ, we accepted him as Lord and Savior. And there we have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So my goal now is for you to seek to the next few weeks and months is that we're going to become single-minded. We don't want, what is James says? Don't be double-minded. What does the enemy do to our minds? He constantly maybe having you think of things that hurt you and it stirs up the anger and all these other things. So this is saying in, in being uh, spirit-filled and uh, walking with the spirit and having uh, the sanctification that we're talking about is that we say, be filled with the fruit. You're filled up with the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is love. It's single-minded. We say no to the sinful nature, and we say yes to the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And we say, yes, I want to radiate the love. I want to have the joy of the Lord in my heart and life. I want to have the peace that is beyond understanding, as it says in Philippians. I want to have faithfulness. I want to be faithful. You know, I want to be able to live a, a Christ-like life and be faithful in doing that. So kindness, not wanting to hurt anybody or cause them pain. Goodness, zeal for the truth and righteousness. You hate evil. You hate wrong. And then faithfulness. We've already done gentleness with, is you're with strength and courage and self-control. It's mastering one's own desire and, pure, and passions. So, and, and self-control says in um, a book I read, including faithfulness to one's marriage vows. And it's also purity. And you all have that. And if you don't, that's where we're going to go up higher. So, this is the end. Where are you? Are we, are we, where are we supposed to be? Are we walking by the Spirit? We're not going to gratify the desires of the flesh. We're going to be tempted. Devil is never not going to stop tempting us. But God is greater. And we can say no and we can learn what it's, it's going to be. John 16, is my last scripture. I told you these things so that in me you may have peace. 
In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So let us examine our hearts. Let us say, crucify the sinful nature, Lord. Crucify my sinful nature in my husband, in my wife, in my children of teenagers that are becoming rambunctious. And, but Lord, fill me up. Fill me up with the Holy Spirit. He's living inside you. We just have to work on it. Lord, thank you for tonight. Lord, there are husbands and wives all missing in this room and a lot of people on vacation. They're coming back from seeing their family members. Lord, we are just asking you to be with us, to live a spirit-filled life, and that we will learn to take control of our tongue, take control of our actions, get rid of the bitterness, the anger, the hatred, the jealousy, the fits of rage, any and all of these things, which any and all of us have done one time or another. May you touch us and change us. And Lord, let us live a Christ-like life that everybody says you're different than you were. Make us more like you each and every day, Lord that our husbands and wives will see and they will know that we are different. We're real. We're not wearing a mask just to go to church. We, don't want, we want to take that mask that we put on for church and we want to put it on and have it become us. And we're true. We live a Christ-like life. And when our husband comes back or starts to come back and test the waters, you can start talking. May we start talking about praying. Can I pray for you? And may we start praying and praying that they will want to pray and pray they get saved and they'll be sanctified and they will then start having the Holy Spirit speak to them of change. Lord, we want a marriage to be built and rooted on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. We don't have to doubt that the Lord's going to bring him home. We have to stand and wait while we have to build an ark and wait for your perfect timing. We know that if we take a detour road, we are going to be like Jonah. And we may be thrown out of a boat and, thrown, and caught by this large fish to get our attention, to say, you're on the wrong road and bring us back to our senses. Lord, we're asking you to change us, mold us, make us to be all that we need to be because, because you died on that cross and you arose, you defeated Satan and you want us to walk like you walked and walk and read the red in the Gospels. And that is how we're to live. So Lord, we're asking you to mold us and make us to be more like you each and every day. We ask that you would go touch our husbands, our wives, all our lost loved ones, and may we be an example and may we pray for their salvation and may we pray you remove the other man, the other woman, or whatever is got them an addiction to any of the drugs or alcohol or gambling. Lord, we ask you would break the curse of addiction 
and throw it to the deepest oceans and set them free. May, if they have to go to a rehab, may they go to a rehab. Whatever needs to be done for the restoration, may the, they be willing to go to counseling. May we do whatever needs to be done to rebuild our marriages. Husbands and wives are starting to come back and test the waters. Lord, we pray for you to touch the non-covenant marriages, bring them to their senses, and escape from the trap of the enemy. May they see the mistakes they've made and may they flee from the enemy and flee from a counterfeit and bring them back home. And we're sitting here waiting and we'll give you the praise and we'll give you the glory for that. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for all that you're going to do this week and the weeks to come in these marriages that are on standing firm on the solid rock of Jesus Christ and bless us as we go in our separate ways. May we radiate our Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Google Play, be sure to subscribe so that you're notified when a new episode is released. And if you enjoyed this podcast and you found it beneficial, will you submit a review so it will help our rankings and other people will be able to find it? If you want to reach out to us, you can do so from our website, Again, www.rejoiceministries.org. Write us and tell us how you enjoyed this podcast. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit RejoiceMinistries.org and help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.